I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture before I begin my reflection this evening. In the Old Testament book of Joel, in chapter 2, and I'm starting with verse 12, the Scripture says, Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Well, today is the first day of Lent. It's Ash Wednesday. In years past, and I hope in years future, we will have the cross of Christ applied to our foreheads as a reminder of some of the things that we're going to talk about momentarily. But until then, I think that even without the imposition of the ashes, this can be a very meaningful service and this can be a very meaningful reminder of what the season of Lent is all about. And so let's talk about that. This is part of our preparation for Lent. It's a matter between you and God. It's a matter between me and God. And we are here together this evening, whether we're here in the church sanctuary or on YouTube or watching later on this week. We're still together as the family, the family of God. And we are obeying the words of the prophet, the prophet Joel that I just read, who wrote, Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, mourning, rend your hearts and not your clothing. That is what Lent is all about, examining our hearts. It's a time to put ourselves right with God, if we aren't. It's a time to remember some things. Lent is, first of all, a time of reflection. The French have a wonderful little expression, which I am going to totally butcher, but I'm going to try it anyway. It is regular pour mieux sauté. sauté. And it means to step back in order to jump farther, to take that step back first. This is a time, I think, this is a very good thought and it fits the occasion because this is a time for stepping back so that we can jump further ahead and further along in our spiritual lives. To do that, we, we can start by reflecting on what some of the things we talked about last Sunday. We can reflect on things that God has done for us. Ash Wednesday and Lent are a time to think about the meaning of the cross, what it all meant, what it meant to each of us. During a bloody and cruel war, there was a commander who gave his orders to his troops that the next city, as they were invading this country, the next city they were to come upon, they were to kill everyone in sight. Everyone. Whether they were military or whether they were civilians, whether they were men, women, children, didn't matter. Everyone was to die. 
And so they moved along and they came into the city of people who didn't know they were coming. They were defenseless. They had no weapons. And they began to go from house to house and killing everyone, every family they came upon. And then something happened. One man who was hiding in the shadows, watching these soldiers and observed what they were doing, saw that they were going into one house at a time and they were killing everyone within that house. And then they would, after killing the family, would dip the cloth into the blood of these poor people and would splash it on the door as a marker. And that marker would signify to any other soldiers that came along that everyone inside was dead and there was no need to go in. Well, as quick as his feet could carry him, he ran home. He ran into it, and his home was a big house in the center of town where a group of his friends were hiding along with his family. And he told them what he had seen and they knew just exactly what to do. They had a goat in the backyard. And so they went out and they killed the goat and they splashed the goat's blood on the door. Sure enough, a little while later, as they were hiding inside the house, along came a band of soldiers, rushed down the street and headed for the big house. But when they came to the door, they saw the blood. And so they passed it up. Other soldiers, they thought, had already come along and taken care of what needed to be done in that house. So while everyone around them in the village, in the city, was slain, everybody inside that blood-sprinkled door was safe. We reflect tonight on Ash Wednesday, the Lamb of God, the one who was slain for our sins. We don't pretend to understand why, except that we know it was out of love and mercy and grace. We know that something happened on Calvary that changed the world forever. We reflect tonight, and I hope throughout Lent, on what Christ has done in our behalf for you, for me. And we admit that we don't deserve any of it. I'm told that at least it used to be this way. I don't know if it is anymore, but there was a day when someone would enter the army. They'd go to a place like Fort Dix, New Jersey, and there's a big box at the entrance with a big hole in the top. And as you were coming in and it says new recruit, the rule is that you could drop anything in that box, anything illegal that you have with you, whether you have drugs, any other contraband, any weapons, anything you're not supposed to have, drop it in there and no questions would be asked. You drop those items in and you begin a new life. Now you're in the army. But if you kept them and you were caught with them later, you were going to be held accountable and you were going to be punished. As most of us reflect on our lives, we recognize that we pick up garbage along the way. We pick up contraband along the way. Things that aren't so good to be carrying around. 
stuff that we need to get rid of. And that's part of why we're here tonight. That's part of what the season of Lent involves. Reflecting. Thinking about these things. So it's a time to reflect. Ash Wednesday and Lent is also a time to repent. It doesn't help much to acknowledge that we're not worthy of what Christ has done for us unless we're willing to make some changes. In his book called The Den of Lions, Terry Anderson tells about his captivity when he was held by Islamic militants in Beirut. Anderson was held longer than any of his comrades were during that time. And he said, after it was all over in his book, that it gave him a lot of time to reflect and to think about his own spiritual journey and where he was with God. Like a soldier entering the army that we talked about a minute ago, Anderson realized that he had some stuff that he needed to get rid of. In one of the most touching scenes in the book, Anderson, who was at that time a fallen away Catholic, confesses his sins to Father Jenko, who was a fellow prisoner. Anderson confesses to Father Jenko that he's been far away from the church and that he hasn't been a very good man. He's done many things he regretted. In fact, he admits that his drinking and his pursuing other women led to the end of his marriage. This was a very emotional time for Terry Anderson and for Father Jenko, and they both wept there in that prison. This was Anderson's first confession in 25 years. Father Jenko laid his hand on Anderson's head and pronounced him absolution. He said, in the name of a gentle, loving God, you are forgiven. Anderson came out of prison a new man. He knew the joy of repentance. You see, even though people think of repentance as a negative thing, it really is a positive thing because of the result. After our reflection and our repentance, then Lent is a time when we ask for restoration. We ask to be restored. We say with the psalmist, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. We read some of that a short time ago. That's what we want most of all, to have our joy restored. It's been difficult. We've been through some difficult days. We're still going through some difficult days. More ahead. But know this. Our joy will be restored. In some, and one way that that can happen is when we reflect, when we repent. The joy of restoration comes after once again we have a pure heart and a steadfast spirit. Some years ago, there was an angry man who ran through a museum in Amsterdam. 
And when he reached Rembrandt's famous painting, Night Watch, he took out a knife and he slashed it several times. Not long after that, an angry, distraught man went into St. Peter's Cathedral in Rome with a hammer and smashed Michelangelo's beautiful sculpture, the Pieta. Two cherished works of art were severely damaged. What did the officials do, the people who were in charge of those beautiful pieces of art that had been damaged so severely? Did they throw them out? Forget about them? No, absolutely not. Using the best experts who worked with the utmost care and precision, they made every effort to restore those treasures, to make them look as close as they could to their original. And that is what God would do with you and with me. That's the meaning of the ashes that we often on Ash Wednesday wear on our foreheads. It means that with God's help, we have turned from our sins and we've been restored. So, this evening, I would encourage you, let's rend our hearts. Tonight, Ash Wednesday, think of the symbol of the ashes and let that thought reflect our desire to restore a right relationship with God. May I encourage you for the next 40 days, and that's not counting Sundays, for the next 40 days, I would encourage you to take a little time each day to pause, read some scripture, pray, sit and be quiet and reflect for a little bit upon those things that you've just read and that prayer that you just said. On Facebook, those of you who are on Facebook, for the next, throughout Lent, I'll be posting uh, a new prayer and scriptures each day. So you say, I don't know what to say when I pray. Well, we'll give you some prayers. And we'll, if someone, if you're not on Facebook and you don't use that, let me know. We'll be glad to print them up for you and get them to you. But I would encourage you to use these next 40 days leading up to Easter as a time to do these things, to reflect, to repent, and to be restored.